Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the final battle preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to this weekend's Ring of Honor final battle pay per view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to this weekend's Ring of Honor final battle pay-per-view going down mid-afternoon, actually, uh, for our American listeners, and actually a reasonable time for us here in the UK. Um... Lots to look forward to with this, uh, which has obviously been heavily advertised and promoted on AEW. It looks like this may be the the sort of last time we get to see something like that. Uh, Tony Khan actually promising that we may get a bit of a announcement, a bit of development regarding the future of Ring of Honor around this pay-per-view. But how are you feeling ahead of it, Sige? Um, oh, more hyped now than I was before Dynamite on the back of a certain match announcement that both thrills me and floods my entire body with anxiety about whether or not it's even feasible. Um, but no, I'm firmly in the uh, in the camp where I think that the imposition of ROH on AEW programming has been an active detriment at times. And in terms of the prestige of various titles, like they are meant to feel elusive. Uh, I would say the AEW world title, despite a cursed year, still feels like a big-time world title to me. The tag team titles feel like they are so hard to even compete for, Mm -hmm. which I guess is one nice byproduct of the fact that it took them way too long to give FTR the shot. Um, The trios titles, I've got much hope for. Um, The women's titles had the best time in a while, so maybe the titles in ROH don't actively detract from the main ones you're meant to care about that much. But at the same time, I don't really care about the ROH titles. Mm. I just don't. I don't tr- treat them in the same way. Um, it, it just... There's, there's now just a surplus of title matches, title matches, title matches, title matches. You see them all the time. That's a big contributing factor um, from the Ring of Honor uh, uh, deal. Look, the closer they can decide one way or the other whether they're going for it or they can get a deal or they can't, 
will be an absolute joy to me because it just it just feels like this weird half in half out mm. the brand value which I've again disclosed several times this week doesn't really matter brand value matters more than ever in pro wrestling to a point where a raw show featuring Karrion Cross will do better in the ratings than an AEW show starring John Moxie, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, Adam Cole, MJF. Like, any actual star. No offense to Loomis. He's got some fans, I think. But, however, it's brand value matters and the perception of the brand matters above any individual. And maybe that's a tribalistic take. I'm not an idiot. I understand that Tony Khan. I don't hate ROH because it is an AEW. <laughs> uh, it's Tony Khan's property now. I'm not a moron. It just feels like the brand has no value and it doesn't matter which wrestlers appear for it, hold the titles of it. It just, it's no different to me. Fundamentally, the mm. only difference between AEW and Ring of Honor is brands, as philosophies, as sort of like histories and lineages and everything else. There's no fundamental difference. AEW's way more diverse than ROH ever was, but AEW still champions the values of Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only difference is one feels small and one feels big. And despite Tony Khan's best efforts throughout 2022, that absolutely remains the case. I would guess, given the words Tony Khan um, uttered on the media call, that he has a deal. Yeah. Or he's throwing in the towel and said, I can't get a deal and no one likes it ROH as much as I thought they did and we're just going to can it and maybe try again in a few years. One way or the other, AEW Dynamite is going to have way significantly less minimal um, ROH presence. Do I hope they get a deal? Do you think they're going to get a deal? I think they will. I think the noises that they're making seems promising. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird because if they get a deal then they'd want Chris Jericho to launch it. Except yeah. this is called Final Battle. And the idea of Claudio being made to yodel, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Imagine, I, think, I don't think they would do this. I always use the WWE brain. Why do I do this? I don't think you would actually yodel. But then again, with the, the do indentured servitude stuff with Hardy and Page. So I can see a reality where Claudio loses and then... The streaming service is uh, the streaming service TV show deal premieres. The impetus to watch is well, Chris Jericho, frankly, is a bigger star than Claudio, and he can watch Claudio first pay per view a couple of months later. Do it. That's not a big launch for me. Maybe Chris Jericho doesn't want to be on no streaming show. Mm. Maybe he thought, right, okay, I will rehab the title. I will do Tony Khan a solid. I will do Ring of Honor stuff. Um, for a while to see if there's any juice to squeeze from it because if anyone can do it, it's me, Chris Jericho. You know, on that kind of basis. Mm. But I can't imagine him willingly doing um a, a really experimental streaming show, the likes of which wrestling hasn't really done much of on a paid subscription model and have it fall up in his face. See, he's more savvy than that. So maybe this is the final battle. It's about time, after all this time, that pro wrestling beats sports entertainment. Just just do it. Yes. Just absolutely do it, which I guess acts as a segue to the first match we're going to preview. Well, yeah, I was going to say as well, this feels, comparing it to, no offense to the people starring in it and the elements of this show, I was making sure that I watched, but it just feels slightly more appointment viewing than the previous Death Before Dishonor for me, for the reasons you've laid out there. Like, I'm, I can't call the Claudio Jericho thing and 
<laughs> the perverse enjoyment of a double dog collar match is fascinating. It's weird. I think that one has really artificially spiked interest levels. Certainly, that's a subjective POV. But the Death Before Dishonor build was like all over Rampage in particular. Yeah. And there's been scant little of it here, um, which tells the own story, tells its own story rather of how Tony Khan has come to recognize the perception of ROH or rather AEW presents ROH. So I feel like each match I could go through and ask a specific question about the match that isn't just who's going to win. Yeah. But let's let's start with that dog, double dog collar match because I'm... Uh, ironically, uh, um, getting very excited and you know slavering at the prospect of these two teams clashing again. FTR, the Briscoes. FTR two nil up. Yes. Yeah. Which let's address that one. Why is there a rubber match? Yes. I, I get it's a challenge, and they've accepted it in that kind of really murky gray area of what if the promoter doesn't want it? What if it, it again? If you. I think too much about this bollocks. Yeah. I, I hold it to like the standards of like the wire or something like that. <laughs> Dem boys have gone to Dave Booker. Yeah. So what if they do the challenge and the champions accept and Tony Khan went, well, now you can't. <laughs> and it, I just feel too awkward now. It's, it's on telly. Oh, but Tony, we've bought the dog collars already. We've bought the dog collars. We've, like, we've hurt with fingers, writing it in blood. FTR have said yes. The fans got a pop for it. It's like, oh, bloody hell. My bloody have to now. <laughs> so it's all a bit weird. But realistically, this has got no reason to exist at all. Better dog collars previewed than CM Punk's already, in my opinion. Say again? Do you remember when CM Punk had that dog collar and was like, check this out? And you're like, what's what's that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Phil, that's not... You're not going to wrestle in that, are you? yeah, yeah. yeah. That was all very weird. Um, but ultimately, like, look, I'm worried about this match and thrilled by it at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It was a match, right, uh, in ECW. Um, Public Enemy and the Pitbulls tried this, and have you ever heard of this match? No. No. It's not one of the famous ECW matches. Um, my memories of it are extremely dim, but, uh, yeah, certainly can't remember it as some classic. And worryingly, it would uh, FTR and the Briscoes are far better than either of those teams. Yes. They just are. Um, if you did this match in the territory and in the territory days, and Piper and Valentine famously did, it was much less of a maximalist ring style back then. So Piper and Valentine. Basically, just beat the sh- out of each other. <laughs> yes. Like, I think Piper got ear damage. Like, it's such a visceral, violent, uh, just war. There's no that. gimmick in it, is There's there? no gimmick in it. And, well, there is, but, like, well, it's difficult to not get, like, really hurt and bloodied up. And it's just an attritional, hate-filled blow-off to a blood feud. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. But it was simplistic in its action. You weren't doing some really convoluted moves that require, like, getting the chain out of the way. Um, So they could just go full old-school brawl, kind of going out the ring at the same time. But FTR matches are so intricate, so much more than virtually anyone I see online will give them credit Mm. for being because the idea is that they're meant to be the modern Midnight Express. Bollocks. They don't call anything. They very, very, very meticulously 
craft their matches in advance, much like the Young Bucks, actually, actually, <laughs> to peak at certain moments and have these cinematic shots that are really camera-friendly, like the double, let's escape together, or let's mm-hmm. bear through the pain together, hand-holding spot when they're trapped in a submission. They are all over that ring. They work really cool sequences where they sort of do like Germans into like leapfrog Superman pins, like that kind of action you get from FTR. How are you going to do that with two chains in the ring? It's, it seems like, remember Revolution? Yes. You're not a goldfish, Wilborn. (laughs) Even though you sometimes cameo as one on Reddit. Um, Glob. At Revolution, MGF and CM Punk worked an otherwise flawless, brilliant dog collar match that modernized it without detracting from the core of your chain to me and I finally got you. That's the appeal. But they modernized it. They did spots on the apron and such. When they tried to build that pile driver spot on the apron, it's a good job that CM Punk's uh, next bit of activity in that match was to reverse it because MJF got out the ring and then realized this massive link of chain is like sort of trapped in the ropes Mm. and he had to work it out on the fly, right? Get it out, get it back in. Where's that loop? Where's that loop? What if he completely just couldn't get it? Like a knot? Mm. How embarrassing would that have been? And it nearly was. And as I said, it's a good job that he was pile driving punk when he was on the apron, but the half of the rope was in the ring. So by the time he actually did it, Punk reversed it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, Hail Mary, it makes sense, because if you were meant to do the move, then it, CM Punk would look like an arsehole for just being sat there for so long. Every dog collar match comes with an attendant risk, because a ladder match does. Any sort of prop in a wrestling match comes with it a risk, because you don't know if it's going to play along. And it's a particularly awkward bit of plunder to work a match around, particularly one that is expected to get over with a modern audience. You can't do Piper Valentine now. People would just get bored. Mm. Like, they'd be absolute swine, yes. but they would get bored. And uh, doubling that risk is asking for moments of true immersion-breaking awkwardness for me. Obviously, they're not just doing it. They've got an idea of how to do it, but whether they can execute it well is another matter. FTR win. It's a weird one to book, and they've had to step it up. It's going to be blood-soaked. If it goes off without a hitch, this could be absolutely incredible. Yet another FTR match of the air contender. I don't think it's going off without a hitch. I just think it's impractical as hell. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I was lucky enough, obviously, to be at Supercard of Honor uh, and see... The best tag team match I've ever seen live between these two teams. And I have no doubt that if, if anyone can pull it off, like you say, it's it's these four men. Um, but yeah, even... I don't know, we've, we talk about never wrestling, never taking bumps as well. But even just laying out the match, like, you can't, in a double dog collar match, say, right, uh, whoever's in the ring at that point will attempt to hit a big rig on, or we will hit a big rig on, or we'll hit this or whatever. Because it's like... Well, I'm going to be connected to you, so it has to be that person. If anything goes wrong, anything happens injury-wise or whatever, like you say, in a very vicious match, it is it's a lot more than just the intricate dance that wrestling is anyway. Yeah. But it has to be a win for the Briscoes, or does it? Actually, I don't know why I've said that. O- only because it's 2-0, but then 
like you say, this is the robbers, <laughs> and FTR are on this tear with, with tag team titles. No, the FTR, FTR are going over. Mm. This is just, let's get a big spectacle match on a card that otherwise was very much lacking. And it makes no sense to do, and FTR are going to go 3-0 up. I love the Briscoes, though. I hope the Briscoes win, but I don't think they're going to. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about I'll the... buy it, but on the wrong basis. Like, yes. <laughs> oh, they can't go 3-0 down. Oh, no, they just did. <laughs> Let's talk about the other tag match. Oh, that's right, actually. Um, Swerving our glory, inexplicably still together. I know. Uh, versus Shane Taylor promotions. That's Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey. For my sins, I don't know a great deal about J.D. Griffey. And I know of the history of Shane Taylor and yeah. Keith Lee, of course, though. Um, but yeah, this is literally, can Swerving our glory coexist? Dot, dot, dot. Surely not. Uh, I hate the fact that this is happening, really. Because... It kind of undersells the AEW tag team title because Keith Lee walked out of a title match and willingly lost it. Like, that should have been the ultimate moment of separation. Yeah. I cannot stand your value system and your conduct and how you are cheating to win so much so that in the ultimate sort of this is why you should not go down this path, right, you are swerving down the wrong path. I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm walking out, and I'm so despondent over the way you conduct yourself that I'm going to willingly relinquish my chance to win a championship. Mm. All right, okay, let's have another match. It's just, why would you do that after that? That should that should have been the tipping point when a title's involved and you willingly walk out of a title match. Let's remember what titles are meant to mean, for Christ's sake. So I don't like this. It just feels like a way to delay the inevitable Swerve versus Lee match at Revolution. And it undercuts, in retrospect, what happened at Full Gear. I think the match quality will be fine. Absolutely, yeah. Very I've, predictable, but fine. Yeah, I've no, no doubt the match is going to be good. I think it's going to be a win for Shane Taylor. It has to be a win for Shane Taylor Promotions for the story to continue. This is going to seem bad. It's going to seem like a potentially I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because the other day we were shooting on other wrestling personalities who were like, I just don't get this. Why Angman Page and Mox having a row or whatever? And it's like they literally said it as they walked, yeah. they walked to the ring last week, but still. There was uh, someone else I saw on Twitter after the pape where, where Lee walks out going, well, I just don't know if that's a you know definitive enough split. And I was like... Do you mean a definite enough split? Like you say, he fucking left. Yeah, in a title match. And then it wasn't a definitive split. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, to be fair to them, the next time we saw him, Keith's like, can I trust you? And, you know, Swerve's like, come on, let's go and have a chat. And I was like, chat about what? And, uh, you're done. You two, you're finished. And then, if nothing else, you'd think Swerve would be pissed off that he got abandoned in the pursuit yeah. of a championship. That's... It was... it, But then, and then also with this... Right, okay, so we talked about Tony Khan and Ring of Honor, and I don't want to, you know, bury Ring of Honor here. But if you're going to do the definitive split, if that isn't the definitive split, which clearly it wasn't, surely you do that on Dynamite or on the pape, not on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. No offense to the Ring of Honor pay-per-view, but there's going to be a lot less eyes on this than there is going to be on a weekly episode of Dynamite. There is, but therein lies the whole problem with doing this, because if you don't do anything... On ROH pay-per-view, why buy it? Yeah. But at the same time, the other thing is also true. And it, the whole thing's untenable. It just is, for me, untenable. But I do hope for all the bell ends, let's be honest, 
who said, uh, no idea who this Shane Taylor is. I just wish they'd explain who he was. What you mean, like Renee Paquette, who literally said, oh, bring him on a legend, Shane Taylor, former associate of, like... Longest reigning, yeah. yeah. So I hope they have an absolute banger here, but if Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey don't win this match, it's akin to... I'm going to use a random football reference here again. It's akin to playing that France team at the World Cup where they were all having rows because their manager was like, I'm going to pick the team based on horoscopes. Yeah. And going, how have you lost to them, boys? What's yeah, going yeah. on? They've got individual talent, obviously, but they're, they're, they're not simpatico. No, exactly. So, yeah, a win for Shane Taylor promotions, we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just run back the full gear finish to eat up another month before revolution. Uh, right, let's move on to the six-man, uh, the, the trio's tag team. would be pretty good if Swerve left this time. Ooh. And that could really fuel Keith Lee's, like, are you joking? Yeah. I, I, I'm in yeah. right now. To be fair, I'll I tell you what, you've, you've sold me on that, especially because didn't Keith Lee in the Shane Taylor spot from Rampage literally say, can I even rely on you? Yeah. That would give him the ultimate... I was happy to let bygones be bygones, like no, and like go our separate ways, but not yeah, but not have, have a row about it. That's how nice of a guy he is. That could work because um, Keith Lee, when he was on talk as Jericho, was saying how he hated the Bearcat or didn't understand because he can't hate anything. He's bloody Keith Lee, but he didn't understand the Bearcat character because he wasn't he, the only one. He feels that his value isn't just as this idiot monster with a short term, I'm always angry, always angry. Like, he's right. He says it means more if you make me angry mm. because I'm a very laid-back guy. And if they make Keith Lee angry by um, having Swerve, like, just completely them over in this match, then that will make the, 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 the stakes and the heat for their singles mm. program to be really strong. Son of a bitch. We fixed it. We fixed it. (laughs) Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Uh, right, let's talk about Ring of Honor World Six Man Tag Team Titles. Dalton Castle and the Boys, uh, <laughs> the Boys versus the Embassy. Uh, you know my adoration for for Dalton Castle and his boys, but it feels like if you're going to do something with the Embassy, they kind of have to win this one. Yeah, they have to win it. Um, I like the Embassy as well. I also love Prince Nana. I expect this match to be really quite fun and entertaining. Easy win for the Embassy because I think Brian Cage with gold. The least important of all the AEW slash ROH titles, which really says something. Like it's it's up there with or down there with Regina Wave mm. in terms of prestige. Um, still made Battle of the Belts though, inexplicably. Did it or not? But this one, no. Dalton Castle did, but the trios title. Yeah, he fought for a title, didn't he? He fought for a Ring of Honor title. Yeah, with Gresham, I think. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Embassy win. Fun match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no doubt for match. And yeah. What's well, called Cabana? Years mm. ROH? Part of the reason I'm, I would watch this pay per view, regardless of whether or not we're going to be reviewing it, is for the Dalton Castle entrance. Like, it isn't. And then the belt rang, because I feel like he really does int- really good, in- in- include that in his, his work. But he's just, he's one of those guys that. So, who's this Dalton Castle? Watch for five seconds. Oh, cool. Into it straight yeah, away, yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels the time for for Brian Cage and the Gates of Anarchy to, I suppose you could say, be in the money, so to speak. We in the money. We it. in the money. Do 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 do. do. He's the a... best. He's the best. Uh, right, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson, Ring of Honor TV title. Uh, Ring uh, Samoa Joe just. Has just killed Darby Allen uh, as we record this on uh, the Thursday after AW Dynamite, and uh, you talked a little bit about this on the on the Dynamite review about just how hard Juice Robinson's going to have to work here as a result of that, arguably. Yeah, Robinson gets how to sell, how to come back, how to really connect with the audience. Not the best elite work rate guy, but he's got something arguably more important. Or and this is a bit crucial and a bit bleak, had it. He has not... He stagnated in his career. He really looked like he could be something in 2019. Um, it was before... Because AEW, right, has really brought back the idea of what a babyface should be. Mm-hmm. Like Cassidy, Page, Mox, like Christ Almighty. I didn't think it was possible to book that many babyfaces... I don't think it was possible to book one great baby face in a promotion. Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. So many different ones as mm-hmm. well. So I think Juice Robinson really stood out in 2019 because he sort of harnessed the old spirit of what a baby face should be. It's like, Jesus Christ, how is no one as good as him? And he really stood out as a result, but his USP has been sort of broadened, um, dulled, if you like, and I think an experimental heel turn or heel adjacent turn didn't really work out for me. We're playing situational baby face here. Um, but he might struggle because people like Joe. People love Joe. People have got a long-standing connection with Joe. Joe even got some cheers um, in the program with Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heroes so, reception at the Supercard as well. Yeah, Damon, like people was, love Joe. Like, like, people weren't like, oh, this isn't CM Punk. They were like, oh, my God, it's in Joe. Yeah, people so. love this man. So I think Juice is going to have a... If he doesn't have one of the best nights of his career... And nothing less, he's going to have a hard night, and Joe's going to win, which, again, doesn't help Juice anymore. But they like Juice, he's just signed, so... Like, I don't think a bad night is necessarily the death knell for him, but 
anything less than one of his best ever performances, I think he'll struggle badly here for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, intriguing. I didn't I didn't factor in the fact that, yeah, Juice Robinson has just become All Elite. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to win or he, he can't lose or anything like that. I don't know whether they give him some sort of visual win. You know, maybe the ref takes a horrific bump off Joe. That's the thing. One thing I'll never... As much as I think the booking can be frivolous or flat-out weird or something's a bit drab, I'll never doubt AEW's ability to lay out a match and get someone someone over in the guts of it. Like, the talent is there, and they're encouraged to use their talent. So they'll. I think you're right, Will. One, I think we'll see either that or a really great hope spot or, yeah. like, badass last stand work. Maybe some freakish show of strength yeah. from uh, Juice Robinson, because I do like him. Um, right, let's talk uh, from one match where we don't think a title's going to change to one that I sense, we hope it does. As much as I love Mercedes Martinez, and uh, I'm glad that she's found a home, you and I have been, and you especially, have been purring uh, regarding Athena. It's kind of pissed me off, this, because Athena has had this sensational turn. She's attacked referees, which, as you pointed out on social media, at MC Drick, I'm sure the mega fans will forgive you for repeating this take now. But, uh, yeah, you said because of the fact that they'd been so strict when she did lay her hands on an official, it felt like such a you know major thing for that to happen and it helped with that turn so much with Athena. Um, she kicked ass. But unfortunately, she kicked ass on Rampage that no one's watching or no one was watching until they've actually started trying. Again, you're welcome, Tony, for bringing that one to your attention. Um, I feel like Athena would be a perfect uh, new champion on this show. The only flaw with this build is that they haven't really built a match. They've built a challenger. Yeah. So much so that I think Mercedes Martinez is the easiest person to forget holds a title in all of professional wrestling. Like, there's... The AEW World Champion, there's the WWE 24-7 Champion, and a notch above that is the ROH Women's Champion. I think she's wrestled, like, one TV match since the... No, a couple. When did she win that title? April, Supercard. No, she won the... I think she won the interim at Supercard. Supercard. And then she beat Deanna Parazzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's not been seen since. I mean, I think maybe she was injured... So I don't want to blame her. She, must she fought her death before dishonor against Serena Deeb. And then she must have been injured subsequent to that. Um, regardless, it's they've done nothing. <gasps> yeah, she won the yeah, she won the interim title, sorry, because I remember Willow that. Because that was my first experience of Willow Nightingale. Yeah. And it was ba- the best presentation for both women, arguably, because Willow Nightingale came across as the purest baby face yeah. I've ever seen. And then you've got I really like Mercedes Martinez. Uh, uh, Adam Nicholas, I think, was the one who was really responsible about being like, care about this person, this person's amazing, this person should be going, you know, places, basically. <laughs> she comes out with that mask on, and you've got Willow, like, yay! Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. And like, oh, bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> She's great there, Mercedes Martinez. Absolutely. Um, she hasn't really shown it, if I'm being perfectly honest, this year. Mm. But, you know, very good wrestler uh, when she's operating in peak mode. I feel like they've telegraphed the result, but at the same time, I want more Athena on any um, platform I can get her. Yes. So it's, I guess it's fair enough. It would be nice if it was a bit more skillful and less obvious in terms of the booking. And it's a bit disrespectful, I think, to Mercedes Martinez. I don't think we'd ever book a, ma- a male champion to be so invisible in the build and make it so obvious that they were going to lose. And that's just an ingrained Tony Khan problem at this point, I think. 
match should be good. Uh, should be stiff as all hell as well. Yes. This has probably got um, sleeper hit potential because I think everyone else has got... Everyone's got an idea of the quality of all the other matches, but I think this the best version of this match could be exceptional. And you could see Willow Nightingale challenging for this title down the line. I know she's she she has just won a match on Dynamite, and these things nine times out of ten anyway don't happen for no reason. Mm. But yeah, Athena, new ROH Women's World Champion for uh, for us. Um, let's talk about this pure uh, wrestling rules match for the for the pure championship. Daniel Garcia Wheeler, you are three, and you uh, raised concerns about this recently regarding. How this weirdly feels like the, the the least anticipated of the three. That is an indictment of the way they've been booked, considering that you were told un, like in no uncertain terms, pay attention to these two lads. We are basically combining the salaries of people that add up to about four or five million dollars in there being used to get these guys over, and then it just didn't happen, and then they cared less and less, and then Garcia was kind of vanished off TV. Yeah. Um, it's all been very very strange and a, 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 an indictment. This. And let's not forget, Utah's had one of your favourite matches of the year as yeah, well. Yeah, my favourite. My absolute dead favourite. I put it above Anarchy in the arena even. The Moxley match with Utah was amazing. I was so in on that guy, and they've just squandered his potential. Um, again, bloated roster. He's not on it. He's not on AWTV anywhere near as much as he should be. It's kind of untenable being as future-focused as they are. Even though they should be, they're just not doing it correctly. Anyway, these two guys are less over than they've been all year, in my opinion. And... Um, it just feels like this has been put on the card because they know they're going to get a great match out of it, and they've built it NXT 2019 style. Yeah, on the idea of oh, that looks good on a match graphic, and the match will be great. No more effort, no more true attempt to exploit the emotional investment of the audience has been applied here. And <clears throat> I'm not the biggest fan of pure rules, right? I'm just not. For those people who are unaware, just to, if they've got into it through AEW, what are pure? Because I go on the Wikipedia. I didn't really. You're allowed how many rope breaks? Is it three? I think it is three rope breaks, and then after that, if you're in a submission hold, um, here we go. I've got more here. Pure wrestling rules. Matches the RH Pure Championship did under pure wrestling rules. Each wrestler has three rope breaks after a wrestler exhausted rope breaks. Submissions or pin attempts on or under the ropes are considered legal. No closed fist punches to the face are permitted. Open handed sl- slaps or chops are uh, punches to the rest of the body are allowed. Um, you get a warning with a closed fist. Uh, second second time you do that, it's a DQ. Uh, the title can change hands via DQ and count out. Uh, and outside interference will result in automatic termination from the roster, roster for the rest of the interferes. Well. Um, I love this. I like it, but it's like any stipulation match, right? The more you do it, the less effective it is. And this is the third one we've seen from... Garcia and Utah this year. So it's like watching three ladder matches between the same people. You yeah. just think, oh, well, it's a bit much of a muchness here. And uh, yeah, NXT 2019 booking in terms of gimmick match excess, lack of real build. I understand that they've been at war directly and indirectly all year, but it just doesn't feel that way all of a sudden. And that's because they've barely paid attention to it beforehand. Who wins? Uh, let's manifest something. Okay. A clean sweep for the BCC. Please. I'll manifest the opposite way. I think, maybe I hope, because I like Daniel Garcia. Garcia wins this. But then again, if Garcia wins it, you'd sense he'd win it through... Sh- not that you can have very many shenanigans here. 
Fire Hager, though. Uh, <laughs> no, Except I mean... he's going to be an attack team specialist. I would mean... But then it make you look like a bit of a bitch. Basically, my plan, my thought very briefly there was Yuta uses all of his rope breaks and Garcia pins or submits uh, Yuta whilst he's in the ropes, but he uses the rope for a bit of leverage. But then that... I don't want this c- to continue whatsoever yeah. between these two teams. Garcia wins, just to make it interesting. Uh, and finally, uh, as we alluded to earlier, Ring of Honor World Championship. Chris Jericho, who's won the uh, world title. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's the Ocho! <laughs> uh, versus Claudio Castagnoli. And yes, if Claudio loses, he will have to yodel his way into the Jericho Appreciation Society. And yet, and yet, despite that stipulation, I think Jericho might win this. I think it's all hinges on the streaming deal, how much Jericho was willing to put his star power on the line. He doesn't really call himself the demo god anymore, if you've noticed this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that as valuable as he's been this year, he was more valuable once upon a time. He's not the demo guard anymore in marketing or in reality. And uh, then he had a great number for a main event against Danielson. So maybe I'm being a bit harsh. But regardless, he himself realizes not where I am in 2019. By design, he was there to be the guy. And he was meant to be the guy who helps the next guys all along, even though maybe he hasn't been doing enough of that, Eddie Kingston. Mm. Does he want to do ROH stuff knowing that's not going to be a big presence on AEW TV? Does Tony Khan want to bench one of his top stars? Or would he rather, because he's like, Tony Khan loves Chris Jericho. I love Chris Jericho. I'm one of Chris Jericho's biggest, you know what, it's not on. I know he's not fashionable. He's great. What year he's had And what well. year I know he's had. his work with kind of helps, but. Even I wouldn't put him on that pay-per-view format sheet quite as readily as Tony Khan does, okay? But Tony Khan does, and Chris Jericho really likes being Chris Jericho and really thinks a lot of Chris Jericho. <laughs> and the second that Tony Khan said that, you know, I'm going to scale it back, Chris Jericho's probably thinking, well, yeah, scale me up. Dynamite and get rid of the Ocho. Look, the sheer disdain in John Moxley's voice about the prospect of this card even happening or this program even happening indicates to me that the wrestlers have had enough, the wrestlers know that we've had enough, the pay-per-view's called Final Battle Mm -hmm. pro wrestling has to beat sports entertainment, I know Chris Jericho's got a pretty politically savvy record of either winning or not exactly losing his feuds, Mm. or getting one Getting one where it counts. I don't think Tony Khan will ever live it down if sports entertainment beats pro wrestling after all this. Yeah. It'll be a joke. So, yeah, clean sweep for the BCC for me. Yeah. Get it in over with. Yeah, this is the thing. I was alluding to a JAS sweep there, and I've changed my mind in the process of this because then I thought, well, the only way that happens, and as a result of that happening, is more BCC stuff continues because. You know, even if you says, right, well, I'm not going to challenge for that title anymore, you know, they've still, he's still holding something over, uh, Garcia, that is, he's holding something over Utah. And then, yeah, the Jericho thing, if Jericho wins, 
yes, Jericho face of Ring of Honor as you bring it to TV makes business savvy sense. But then you've got Claudio. He literally has, as a result of this stipulation, has to go and be part of this group. So that means the BC stuff, BCC stuff, cannot be over. And that's the only. That's what I want for Christmas, just for this to be yeah, over, please. Um, plus, just as you were talking about it there, just because I sit here and, and you and I sit here and say, yeah, Chris Jericho, most famous star that they could put in on Ring of Honor as a flagship. Look, if you like wrestling, regardless of what your AEW or not. Is Chris Jericho with this new wrestling show? Why don't you give it a, give it a chance? That makes sense. But I also, Tony Khan is a guy who I appreciate takes a lot of risks. T- took a risk setting up AEW. Yes, he'd had the trial run that the guys had done with All In, but that's a lot different from doing a one-off pay-per-view to being like, let's do a weekly show and I'll yeah. pay everyone a wage and what have you. And You can afford it, though, but carry Well, on. yes, granted. But... The, the prospect of saying, like, yeah, the safe option would be world-famous Chris Jericho, you know, star of The Masked Singer, on this, uh, on this as the flagship champion of this show. But what's everyone always said about Claudio? Never give him a chance, do they? Over, over there. We never gave him a chance as world champion. <laughs> Launching a show with Claudio as your world champion is a real definitive statement for me. At this point, I think everyone... With a brain tethered to reality, will have realized doesn't matter who launches this. Granted, yeah. It's as completionist fair. Just we're kind of bound to it now. It's too embarrassing to not proceed. It's as completionist fair. Mm-hmm. We can just do some stuff on it and it can be a feeder league ostensibly. And it means to an end as well for eventually, presumably, the AW network or whatever we're gonna call yes. it. Yes. Let's not pretend that this is going to be big that people are going to really care about it. Let's have it as this nice little show that we can record in place of Elevation, stream it on whatever, and it can just exist. Yeah. There's, like if, if he's already given up on Rampage, right, I don't care how many DVDs he bought with Brian, Brian Danielson and Kent on the cover back in the day, <laughs> I don't think he's a, sh- a toss about um, ROH that much anymore either. Yeah. We've got the tape library at least. That's one of the main things. I want, I want desperately the upscaled version of the Cage of Death match. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, my God. That's War Games. That's the best War Games match since 1992. <laughs> Screw blood and guts. Yeah. I think, Claudio, I think, I think I've, 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 have you come around? It's, you've, you've charmed me. I'm going yeah. for Claudio as world champion. It's got the best how it started versus how it's going meme in oh. terms of a heel basking in it and then eating it. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Claudio wins. None of this JAS stuff anymore. And uh, I, I, a few weeks back, I think I would have been all snooty and said, I don't think this match is going to be any good. Can Claudio pull a good match out of Chris Jericho? After what he did with Ishii the other week. Oh, this could be tasty. True, but Claudio is a different animal, Mm -hmm. and I think Jericho will be chasing the five stars and going long. And The last time he tried to really push the distance and work a really athletic match with a lot of moving parts and activity and getting from place to place to place, 
was at full gear, and he couldn't even turn around to take the chops. He was collapsing into those guardrails <laughs> yeah. when he's getting whipped into them. So his tank is a concern here. It is, especially with Claudio, going that distance that I expect an ROH main event to go. Well, I was going to say, plus it might have to follow the double dog collar match. I don't think Jericho will be happy about that. Top that. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Were you listening when I told you my theory to Murray? Yep. Let's just say, okay. And it, by the way, if this doesn't come to pass, and it probably won't, you'll never hear what I'm referencing here. Let's just say I told on Thursday yeah. a theory of mine, something that's going to happen at final battle to Wilborn and Murray. And if it happens, I've got proof. And I've got it in a lockbox. And we'll pull it out next week on the review if it does come to pass. Anyway, let us know your thoughts, your predictions ahead of Ring of Honor Final Battle. Uh, on Twitter, at what, I don't know where that came from, at what culture WWE. Why say you can follow both of us? You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at what culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to what culture wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sidge earlier on today, of course, reviewing AEW. No, mate. So go and check that one out. Um, but for now, this has been the Ring of Honor final battle preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.